Story time! On a beautiful Saturday afternoon, I found myself in the presence of a queen, a queen called Miss Angel. On Saturday, November 6th, UC Santa Barbara's Multicultural Center hosted the long-awaited Drag Queen Story Hour. Drag Queen Story Hour is an exclusive story time event hosted by author, educator, and queen, Miss Angel. The event emphasizes community and highlights children's books that amplify diverse voices and authors, focusing on empathy, acceptance, equity, identity, and kindness. KCSB News Director Daniel Wesias and I interviewed Ms. Angel ahead of the event at UCSB, discussing LGBTQ plus representation and education. So Drag Queen Story Hour, when I do it, I usually range from children from five years old up to about eight years old, because that is um, where all of my books fall. But it's just a time where kids that have come listen to LGBT inclusive storybooks, um, very multicultural storybooks, a lot of all inclusive and how to manage emotions and feelings and loving the body that you live in. So those are all the books that I usually read. And after every book, there is an activity or a discussion. Okay. Because children cannot sit still for <laughs> more than 10 minutes without doing moving their bodies. So I have very um, interactive activities that get the kids just to focus and stay tuned for the whole hour, which is fantastic. An hour is a very long time. And, and you bring up a really good point of how children uh, can't sit still for long. You have an experience taking care of children, teaching children. Could you elaborate on your background just a little bit? Yeah, I have been an educator for the past six years now and uh, kindergarten in specific for the past five. So that's something that I do every single day. So I know how to get those kids attention and keep them focused for the whole hour. Going along with what Daniel was saying, how did you personally get involved in the art of drag? How it happened is I'll make it really quick. I used to do um, Mexican folklore dance for 18 years of my life. I decided to go to grad school to get my master's. And when I embarked on that journey, all of my time was taking up. I couldn't go to practices. I couldn't perform. So my need for my performance aspect of my life, because it's a really big part of it. Yeah. I was trying to think, how do I do this? How do I do this? And drag was the thing that happened at night. And mm. I had all the time. So... Once I jumped into that world, um, it completely changed my life as a gay man. I yeah. am now more confident in my regular self. And I didn't expect that to come from drag. And it's just a beautiful thing once you get there. That's one of the concepts that you're talking about in, in this literature that you're bringing forth to these children, right? Is the acceptance of yourself and the acceptance of understanding who you are. Um, how did you get involved in in Drag Queen Story Hours? So because education is also a big aspect of my life, mm -hmm. and I was looking around my classroom and I was thinking, how do I make my classroom more inclusive and a safe space for everyone and all of my students? Because something at our school is we keep all of our students front and center. So if we don't have any LGBTQ children's literature, that's yeah. not keeping all students. So I started building my library and... I noticed that there's not a lot of classrooms that have mm. LGBTQ literature, especially from K-4. Yeah, it, it starts like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I, I noticed that there was a few books out there, so I started gathering them. And when I do Drag Queen Storytime, I kind of present those to the world that people didn't know that 
there's a lot of really cute books that exist out there. And yeah. that's so I'm trying trying to get the message out, trying to bring all these books to light because not a lot of people have them. So what have your experiences hosting the Drag Queen stories? How, how have those been? How have they been received? They have been received very well because um, I have the the expertise behind me. So yeah. I know how to talk to children and how to mm. talk to parents in a way that people aren't expecting from a drag queen. So it, it's been received very well. And of course we get all the questions or I get all the questions of, are you a boy? Is that your real hair color? But I don't take offense to it at all because I'm there to educate. And once I let them know, it's like, this makes me feel really special. Yeah. I feel really pretty and everyone deserves to feel pretty and feel confident mm -hmm. and just being yourself. And they don't say anything. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. Kids are very, 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 very understanding. Mm -hmm. It's what's being fed to them is what they're they're learning. So yeah. if we're teaching them to be inclusive to everyone and just see everyone for who they are, that generation of kids are going to grow up and just be a lot more welcoming to everyone. Mm -hmm. So as a follow-up question, is that or is that not your real hair color? Um, This is not. <laughs> 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 growing from my scalp <laughs> i do want to uh you know talk about experiences in drag queen story hours i have some friends who do drag back in my hometown of riverside who hosted some drag queen stories out hours in downtown uh and although most reception has been very warm and welcoming from parents you do have the occasional individual or or people giving some sort of backlash saying that this is wrong or immoral have you had any experiences like that at all yeah, I not everything is done from behind the screen. So yeah. um, I've gotten some people told me I did an event and some people were questioning, why are you doing this to our children? Why are you doing this to our children? Or I don't support this. And they're getting DMs, the, comp the business that was hosting mm -hmm. it. But we just went full force. We just went there. And um, I didn't know. But one of the people that were saying these things mm -hmm. were watching but I didn't know they were watching. And after the event, they kind of realized like, whoa, okay. Like my, my idea of what a drag queen was going to bring was completely different. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, we're around children. We have to dress accordingly, you know? So yeah. I think most of it is when people just don't understand and they just have a set idea of what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. once they see it in person, it kind of really did change their mind. Just for a follow-up from Daniel's question. Why do you think it's important that drag queen stories take place, especially like in the face of adversity? Working at a school, I see a lot of queer kids come in. And this year in particular, there's people are bending the norms of what male and female wear and clothing. So we have um, little boys coming to school in dresses. And, and I'm like, wow, it's just so inspiring because these children are growing up in an age where they have queer literature that they can see themselves in because I didn't start doing this until I was like in my late twenties, mm. you know, living my true authentic self. And by having the literature out there right now and providing a safe space for the kids through drag queen story time, it's just having them get to live their truth a lot sooner than late twenties, early thirties. I know you'd mentioned previously that drag is kind of a nighttime thing, right? being able to get up very early in the morning, get into drag, drive over to UCSB campus and reach for all of these, you know, children who have so much energy, you know, takes a lot of effort and takes a lot of care. You know, what is the drive behind you getting up that early in the morning to, to, to do this? 
the drive behind it, it's it goes two ways. I am giving or providing a resource for these children to be able to just jump into what may or may not be their community. Mm. And also what I'm getting back from it is just the pure joy and happiness that comes out of these kids through their faces. It's just so cute and genuine. And that, yeah. that's one of my driving forces. And I'm doing this for the little angel that was five years old that felt uncomfortable, but didn't know what it was. And yeah. I didn't have a person that I kind of connect with and say, they understand me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm doing this for just all the queer kids that don't have that, yeah. you know, or even if they don't know they're queer, but they know that they're just a little bit different. That's yeah. the best way I can describe it. And just being that safe person that they can kind of relate to will give them the most confidence ever. Yeah. I know you mentioned earlier that a lot of like literature, a lot of LGBTQ representation in literature doesn't really start till after K to four. Do you think we have enough representation when it comes to LGBTQ, like in the children's spectrum, whether it be like literature or just in general? Not at all. And that that subject gets me a little heated and passionate because <laughs> as the school teacher, I'm, I look at literature in a, in a different a different light. Mm. And when they people say, oh, this is targeted for K2, K3. And I pick it up and I was like, okay. And I look at it. Oh my, it is, it is not the content. I'm not talking about the content and I'm not talking about the, if, if kids are too little to understand what I'm talking about is the language in the book. Mm. A five-year-old is not going to understand certain language in the book because when they come to kindergarten, a lot of them don't know what it means to have something before or after. You know, they're, they're, they're just, their brain hasn't developed that far yet. And a lot of the language in the books is very, very advanced. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, how, how do you expect a teacher or a parent to kind of dissect and break down that language so that five-year-old could understand? Yeah. And for representation, um, I went to a very big chain bookstore, if I must, and I went in already expecting to have not such a great turnout. And I asked them, I was like, hey, um, where would all of your LGBTQ inclusive children's literature be? The person downstairs didn't really know how to answer that. Mm. They were like, um, mm, and they called someone on the on their walkie and uh, a woman came down and she took me upstairs and they had four, four books yeah. in that entire four, children's four. sections of thousands upon thousands four books and one of them I, I don't like to put a book down but it was it was an lgbtq book however it just talked about the colors in the rainbow there yeah. was really no big meaning behind it what what's the story what 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 are you taking away from it yeah so it was just very dry and the other ones were super advanced yeah. and and the other two i had them already so <laughs> i i left and i also asked oh where would your um inclusive holiday books be yeah and they didn't have anything besides christmas and yeah. it just gets me really upset that there's there's queer children in the world there's queer children that don't celebrate christmas and i feel like all of those voices are being muted or not represented yeah within those communities and that's a really big issue and i just get really heated over it because i just feel really bad because these students don't have they don't see themselves in any of the books yeah what do you hope kids and parents take away from their experience today? 
I hope that parents take away the verbiage and the language and how I'm talking about LGBTQ books to children. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, uh, it's, it's a normal thing and I'm, and it, it's, I'm not making it seem any different. So yeah. the way I speak to them, I hope the parents hear that and kind of change the way that they speak to their kids when it comes to discussing topics like that. And for kids, I just really hope that they have a good time. They see that people are different, but we should celebrate those differences. So I, I really hope that the children are able to have fun and just be able to see that people have are different and we should celebrate those differences. And my big thing is I always close my story time with a book about being yourself. It's not always the same book. Yeah. And and I give them a little coloring sheet and it says, just remember to always be you. Yeah. And I give it to them. And one little girl came up to me and she said, I'm going to be me today. And not Aww. me as an angel, but me as in who she is as a person. And a five-year-old to have that click in their head, it's it's amazing. So that's what I hope to have the end result be, the kids leaving empowered and loving who they are. I see that you're so like passionate about your work, Angel. Do you have any words of advice for the younger generation? So I started an LGBTQ club for at my school for the seventh and eighth graders. And I consider them the younger generation. Yeah. And I can speak to them a little different, but what I try to make sure that they understand is living and growing up in a group, uh, a community, they community that's been oppressed for many years. Mm -hmm. They need to see that we need, we need to be inclusive to all. Yeah. And, and that's really hard because what they're seeing is all of the negativity that's coming to our community. So what I want them to learn is we need to be inclusive to all. And there's some, some of these kids have some negative things that happen in their lives and they're very, oh, well, I'm going to show them this. I'm going to show them this very uh, angry. And my point, the way I want them to see it is I want them to see it from all sides. Take bits and pieces from everyone's point of view, look, step back, look at it, and then go ahead and proceed. So I always tell them, pause, process, and proceed. And I think that's very important because as a queer community, we need to be that light, you know, that yeah. that welcoming community for everyone, regardless of what has been done to us. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we're going to move forward. Both children and fellow gauchos were captivated by Miss Angel. The story hour had everyone buzzing, ready for the next activity and the next story. Miss Angel led activities with the kids attending the event and read books to them about authentically being yourself. Being different, be silly, be quirky, be odd, be unique, be weird, be colorful. Be okay with being different. Just be the way you are. Near the end of the event, I spoke with parent Afia Brown on the significance of Drag Queen Story Hour for her and her son. With the pandemic, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to get to go out and hang out with other people. And I haven't had a chance to see him be able to engage with like coloring and reading and sitting and listening. And he had such a good time. Miss Angel was amazing. Um, she really engaged with him directly. He's right now wearing her coat and this beautiful little red coat and having so much fun. and. He was so engaged and loved the stories and 
Yeah, it, it, it was really adorable. I'm really happy that we came. <laughs> MCC programming team member Mickey Brown spoke about the overall importance of the event for children and adults alike. It was really important for me to go to this event because first, I'm under 21 and I don't get to get into a lot of drag events. And I want more exposure to that because I am like gender non-conforming and I just love to see different modes of that. It was really powerful to see children's books around like gender non-conformity and accepting yourself because growing up, like I always knew I was trans, you know, but I didn't come out until I was 14. And I learned that from Tumblr, you know, and learning it online. And so like to learn it in school or like from an adult in my life would have been so powerful. And exposing non-trans and non like LGBT kids is really important because when I came out, I was like, I stuck out like a sore thumb. And I was one of those kids who couldn't really hide that I was queer. And so to stick out like that and have nobody really even understand what being trans is, is really hurtful because it, it's pure ignorance, not even malicious ignorance. So to get exposure at a young age is, is helpful for trans kids and for non-LGBT kids. Thank you to Miss Angel, queen, educator, and author for their time. For more information on UCSB's Multicultural Center, you can visit the MCC's website at mcc.sa.ucsb.edu. That is mcc.sa.ucsb.edu. The MCC can also be reached on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at UCSBMCC. With KCSB News, I'm Susanna Nunez. Until next time. When you need a helping hand, a compassionate ear, an encouraging word, reach out. As you voyage out into the world, remember, no matter what, you will always be loved. You are ready, so go ahead, be you. Be very, very you. Let's hear it.